0: just hit the record button looks like it's going
1: all right um and welcome back to social biology i'm your co-host jeremy
0: and i'm morgan
1: it's good to be here
0: yeah it is good to be here it feels like it's been a lot longer than it has so i'm excited for
1: this it's been over a week which is i think the longest we've had between recording so i
0: know we've been pretty consistent but i i'm ready to go
1: for sure uh you were just telling me about your dog how how dumb he is I feel
0: bad. Yeah, no, I, I freaking love dogs and you know, you you come home and they just make you feel like you're the greatest thing since sliced bread. Like you're just this amazing thing in their world. And, and it's kind of true there. There was a commercial recently that was like, I think it starts with my dog thinks I'm a genius. And then it shows a woman like untangle the dog leash from a signpost, open a door for it. And it's like, My dog better think I'm a freaking genius with how much I do for it. It better know (laughs) that I am master, but I think he does. But yeah, he's, he's, he's disobedient outside, very obedient inside, but I don't know. I don't know what the disconnect is. His, his brain goes from inside to outside. We're outside. Let's go. So he's crazy. Yeah, no, I mean,
1: that's, that's probably a real thing. Like it happens in humans as well, where our mindset changes with our environment so and with animals yeah pretty sure it happens uh how
0: how so like what's an example i'm trying to think of an example when my mindset changes
1: uh like i think just like for example one of my favorite things to do when i want to be like back when i was going to school i want to be more productive i would be in certain locations even within like my own home when i was going to do specific things like if i was going to do homework i would sit in a very specific spot At this table and I would have everything set up a different way. And then when I was going to sit down to use that very same computer to play like a game or something, I would literally just move over to a different chair and sit in a different position. So my brain was like, this is the gaming uh, position over there was the homework position. That way I don't get distracted uh so things like that I, and it really Man, did i help. wish
0: i wish i would have had a habit like that <laughs> <laughs> my my bed was the everything position the homework position sleep position gaming position maybe that's why i was so like bad at studying it's funny i was super academic and took rigorous courses but i i i was terrible at studying
1: yeah i mean it's not for everyone but i mean yeah like just just how my my mind functions and i've heard a lot of people say similar things like it's really hard if you're if you're in bed and you use your phone to play games watch videos and it can be kind of hard to sleep for some people because their brain's like oh this is the entertainment zone and therefore i want to do entertainment stuff and so when i'm in my bed
0: to try that then when i'm in my bed (laughs) i don't do anything
1: except bed sleep time because i don't want to associate that with yeah
0: wow no no tv at your bed
1: no, no, no. Um, I mean, yeah, I don't, but one thing that also I think is something that everyone can relate to is if you need to go to the bathroom as soon as you enter the threshold of your home, the need increases by like a thousand percent. Like you instantly need to go immediately because your brain's like, Oh, I'm near this P zone or wherever. Let's go. Let's go right now. <laughs> so
0: I'm going to start calling my house that the P zone have you ever um, experienced that that's very common yes training. i have that that's pretty funny cuz the examples i thought of were a little bit different like um i'm trying to think like w- like when i go to baskin robbins and i know that chocolate peanut butter ice cream is right there i'm like i don't care about anything but that ice oh, yeah. cream so like For like sure. that was the example and then the other one i want to say is when i pull into the ikea parking lot i just want to shoot myself in the head because I do <laughs> not want to go into that damn store. But you don't
1: like Ikea? Ikea's fun.
0: I absolutely hate it. And you know what's worse? Going to Ikea during a pandemic.
1: Whoa, oh yeah, gosh. that would be awful. No,
0: I, I just went two days ago. And it's just like a tyrannical authoritarian dictatorship of commands and people telling you where to go and what where to be. And it's just like, I just want to get a cart. And it's like the cart's at the end of the store and then you got to go back through. And it's like... It, it it is a hellscape of a jail trying to sell you stuff that you can never escape from in this labyrinth of Sweden. It's it is like the
1: most differently set up store I've ever been to because it's it a is one-way annoying.
0: system. It, is, it horrible. is like there's a
1: one-way lane you go through the pretty much the whole store. I remember like the first time I went to an IKEA I just thought like wow this is really weird like i never you know normally you like i go to a home depot or wherever and everything is yeah. everywhere but this one's like no nope, yeah. you go on this line i can only imagine i've never been during the pandemic
0: oh my god yeah they have no, probably I, yeah. armed then, guards making then, sure
1: you don't step out of line
0: and then try going with a woman that you're you're married with that's distracted by every single display and it's like dude this is never ending just don't take
1: her to ikea that's just a very simple solution like you don't yeah, take well your, you don't take your kid to toys r us you don't take your wife to IKEA, you know, and she shouldn't take you to like a steakhouse or Baskin Robbins. Apparently, I don't know. It's,
0: yeah, you know. yeah, she should be taking me to Baskin Robbins. No, no, she shouldn't like that. Wonder if <laughs> no, Baskin Robbins has keto ice cream.
1: Most places don't, uh, but the grocery stores are selling more keto ice cream, which is nice.
0: They're not that good, though. Have you ever tried them?
1: Yeah, they're not. They're not supposed to be good. Like that's the yeah. point, right? <laughs> well,
0: I would hope that ice cream would attempt to be good, but I. I I don't know. The only thing that I found good of keto desserts, I made some keto fudge off of a website that was fantastic. But other than that, I haven't found a dessert that was good.
1: When I made my own cheesecake, that was delicious. Like, it's
0: just oh so my good. gosh. People were talking about cheesecake today and I was like, I need to see if there's a keto cheesecake. There because, are so because I'm many sure keto there cheesecakes. Is. There's so like, many. It's cheese. So <laughs> it's got to be super keto.
1: Yeah. You put you put uh, cream cheese in it. You get some artificial sweetener. Depending on the recipe, I do a no bake one. I know people like to bake, but I just like Ooh, to shove it no, in the fridge. No, I love
0: no bake. Yeah.
1: Um, and like, and by because I used to make it a lot, and then by the end of it, I was mixing in like cocoa powder, you know, because it very much makes Ooh, it chocolatey yeah. with the sweetener. And uh-huh. I start putting in peanut butter, so I'm making like peanut butter chocolate cheesecake, and it was oh the gosh. best thing I had eaten.
0: Dude, I'm about so ready good. to cancel this episode and <laughs> just, go just start go making cheesecake. Oh, it's so oh, good. That sounds so good. Yeah, but no. Yeah, that's that's when my brain changes quickly. Is IKEA and Baskin Robbins? Baskin, yeah. No, yeah.
1: The environment really does it. It kind of sets a new set of parameters of what to do because of you're in this location or something. So
0: that's interesting. Now every time I come home, I'm gonna have to pee.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean that's usually what happens. Like that's what people normally yeah. experience. But um, speaking of food, I was, was kind of going into the topic ish you know topic is so I wouldn't say topic but I don't know if you know recently but when I I use YouTube a lot I love watching YouTube and I've been uh-huh. noticing this this string of ads for me and it's always about beef have you gotten those ads
0: no i don't think i have
1: it's essentially like the gut milk ad campaign except it's for beef like it has like this music playing and the, and it's a youtube channel so you can look it up but it just shows like you know, a steak in the shape of the United States. It shows you know, and different just like steak, and it's like steak. It's what's for dinner. And, and it's, now are it's- you
0: talking about just a generic like? beef ad or are you talking yeah, about it's, specific product it's
1: not Hillshire farm it's it's not you know it's not
0: like meat mar- fairway meat markets or something because i get those but
1: yeah yeah it is just it's like like i said it's just like the got milk campaign it's just like beef it's what's for dinner and so i just i first started getting them in the beginning of the summer because it's you know the part one of the ads is like it's grilling season you know and it just shows people grilling steak and i thought like are people not buying beef like, is there something weird going on where people aren't buying? And so I looked it up, and this year has been one of the best years for beef. Like, beef is just going off the, the shelves because everyone's buying it.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, because for a while, I don't know if it was, like, early on in the pandemic, um, it seemed like there was a shortage. Yeah. Was that because of the pandemic, or was it just there was a big boom in buying?
1: So, yeah, it was two parts. It was a big boom in buying, but also one of the very first things to close during pandemics were, like, large open stores spaced factories and that's exactly uh-huh. what meat packing plants and and you know slaughterhouses exactly, do yeah uh, because i mean it's really funny because people in those places they generally wear like masks and gloves and things like that but so for a little bit there was a like a slight beef shortage but not really but that's the opposite if there's a beef shortage you don't want to be telling people to eat more of it right like you want the opposite
0: yeah so that's why i'm surprised that you're seeing these ads
1: so I was yeah I was just so surprised I keep, I saw the one yesterday like I've been seeing it for months you know and and so the other day I finally clicked on or you know whatever the link on their ad I'm like okay like what is this what is this thing and it's a YouTube channel it the YouTube channel was started seven years ago so it's pretty old and most of their videos have like a hundred views like two hundred like nothing anything uh-huh. um, but then the last five or six they have millions because they're you know advert are actually paying YouTube to advertise them. It's the, it's the channel is run by this organization called Check Off Beef. And essentially it it's like, Russian. A, it's like, well, not, not like Check Off. <laughs> it's like check, like, like it has a check mark. Like check mark. <laughs> yeah. I check know. Mark. I get yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Oh, yeah. It was not Russian. No, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> and it's basically this organization that is like promoting beef and beef farmers. And it's funded by the U.S. government, right? Like that's, I don't, like, I don't. In the United States, we have a lot of beef and dairy subsidies. I don't know if you know that. Most people don't seem to know that. Uh-huh. That's why meat is so cheap in the United States. Is because a lot of our taxes are going to paying for it. So I did not cheaper. know
0: that. That's interesting. Uh,
1: yeah, it's just like gasoline. Like the like gasoline, in United States is you know like two, three dollars a gallon, but in Europe it's eight dollars yeah, a liter. It's
0: super expensive. See, I kn- I knew about subsidies with that, but that that's interesting.
1: So. This, this organization, uh, the Checkoff Beef, sy- I want to say syndicate, but they're not like a crime family. They're just like an organization. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're funded by, it's called, it's a farm bill. So it's 1985, the United States Congress passed a, a farm bill. And pretty much what it does, it gives money to organizations that promote agriculture, you know, by just like the Got Milk campaign is part of it. You know, just wanting consumers to purchase more of the things that run the economy.
0: The food pyramid,
1: the yeah, exactly, you that know, damn um,
0: thing, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> the,
1: and so I was just like, wow, it did not make any sense to me because again, people weren't buying, or they weren't in charge of buying. And th- there was one ad though, like two weeks ago, that it said something that flicked a switch in my brain. And I think the actual quote was like, "Oh beef, like your act, like your taste is beyond impossible to match." And uh-huh. for me, I knew instantly that. Because something that I closely follow is like lab produced meat, like Impossible Meat and Beyond Meat, like those two companies, uh-huh. where they're pretty much making, you know, pretty much meat substitutes from plant proteins.
0: Yeah, almost like not really synthetic, but like, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Uh huh.
1: And in my mind, I'm like, oh, these people or this campaign is to promote beef, as in like just actual normal, whatever, regular beef. beef. And they're kind of preemptively striking against these this other kind of beef, this other kind of meat. And I was like, oh, that is so yeah, just because of that one phrasing, because that those two words for me, just I knew instantly what they, what they were targeting.
0: Okay, say the quote again, because that's super interesting. <laughs>
1: The quote was, your like, your flavor, your taste is beyond impossible to match.
0: To, to match. That's super interesting. So
1: the two brands that are, are most, you know, on top of doing it is Beyond Meat and Impossible Meat, like just Impossible Burgers and stuff. And so it's a brand. That's a brand name. Uh-huh. So I, so it's like, oh man. Uh, and so yeah, that's for me, it, it was it a really And They literally a used flag. those
0: two words. And they literally used those two words. Wow. And that was one that, yeah. Uh,
1: and I, it's, it's deliberate. You know, I think most people yeah. wouldn't mind, but I, I follow these, these, the, the you know synthetic meat industry really closely so uh-huh. I, I was sensitive to it so <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, that's crazy and and it's on this little almost no-name youtube channel that all of a sudden became big with these new ads
1: yeah like this is what it was i'll i'll, I'll kind of send it to you um
0: yeah i'm gonna have to look this up um it it's interesting because you know i dabbled in youtube started a few channels Um, just me and a friend dinking around on gaming, but like looking into advertising and marketing and getting a channel bigger, it's kind of ridiculous. Some of the ad rates, at least at the time when I did it, it was like 10 cents guaranteed you one view. Mm -hmm. So for them to be getting million, millions of views out of nothing, unless something just went viral, if they're actually paying for all that, that's, that's a lot of investment that they're putting into that.
1: Yeah, I mean, the US, United States spends billions of dollars on agriculture advertisement. So it's and like... You, and you think that
0: change. this is advertised through the US government?
1: Oh, yeah, it is. Like, it's it's for sure. Like, I know that for sure. And I'm not saying it's evil but or bad. It's just, just weird like, that it's
0: yeah. on this little <laughs> YouTube channel.
1: Yeah, I just think... Right, so I sent you one of the videos. It's like their most popular video so far, but...
0: Okay, I'll have to check like, it out it's then.
1: It's like 30 seconds, but it's just it, it's fun. Like, it, it's you can tell it's... It's a high high production value. Like it has uh-huh. really good. They use cameras and stuff. So probably I mean, way
0: better than the other stuff that was on their channel. I don't uh, imagine. Yeah, I'm,
1: like and if I look back, a lot of the channel was like, oh, like how to you know sous vide a steak or how to make a you know a pot roast and things and
0: uh-huh. some so. instructional videos. But this is like full on promotional.
1: Yeah, this is go get beef. Uh, <laughs> and it, it, it's so funny because it's not even a brand. It's, it's so it's not a brand. It's just like they got milk. Like just go it's just eat beef. Get beef. <laughs> get now. beef. Yeah. Uh, not
0: <laughs> that's hilarious. Um so so they're not necessarily linked to anything bigger. It's just a generic eat beef.
1: Yeah. It doesn't have it's any really links bizarre. to any specific um meat producers or things like that. It doesn't even really say specific kinds of beef. It it, it shows steak every once in a while, but it's just uh-huh. like, any beef will do. Just eat just eat, says it. eat beef. It's delicious. So
0: so what has you you said they're named Beyond Meat and Impossible Meat?
1: Hmm. Or uh, yeah,
0: it, that that's their names. It's not like Beyond Beef. It's Beyond Meat.
1: Yeah, I think they have specific lines. Like there's Impossible Burgers, but yeah, I think those are the two. I think that their names is Beyond Meat and Impossible. Is that
0: that burger at Burger King? Yes, and the also Impossible Carl's Jr., Burger. But, have mm-hmm. Have you ever had that? I have. It's I I have never had good. it and. I, I've heard so many mixed reviews on it that it's just like beef and other people be, say it's the worst thing they've ever had.
1: So if you gave it to me and didn't tell me, I wouldn't have been able to tell to tell you it wasn't beef, but it doesn't taste like the other items on the menu. Okay. It, so it has like a if, different flavor.
0: If you didn't know that it came from Burger King and you were given it.
1: I'd be like, yeah, this is a burger. If, you know huh. It doesn't taste like tofu or uh-huh. you know, whatever. And I am fascinated by lab-grown meat. Like, is one well, yeah, of the, my, I was, I was going like, to ask you it.
0: if you know anything about that or the process of how it works because that's super interesting, taking plant matter and creating essentially artificial meat.
1: Well, I'm glad you asked I know all, okay. a lot about this. <laughs> like, I love it.
0: Yes, uh, I'm excited.
1: So if you think about a cow, what a cow does is that it eats grass and it makes beef.
0: Uh (laughs) Yeah, that's its purpose. It is this
1: magical factory, right? (laughs) That just does this incredible thing like grass, which is this inedible thing that we literally cannot consume and turns it into like delicious steak and, you know, even ribs and bacon for pigs and stuff. Uh So what, what what companies like Impossible Meat and Beyond Meat are trying to do is that they're essentially removing the cow from the equation. Because the cow, its primary function, even though it's a very heavily modified animal that humans have used for you know, probably millennia.
0: Yeah, forever.
1: It still uses energy to grow like hooves and horns and brain and nerves and skin and all these other things. And it takes a Uh while for it to even grow up to become an adult cow. Yeah, that
0: requires a lot of resources.
1: Exactly. And so its primary function is to live. And then its secondary function for us is to produce a ton of fat and a ton of meat. And so uh-huh. if you're if you remove the the actual cow from the process you can save like an incredible amount of resources mm-hmm. like per pound of meat or beef I should say specifically beef it needs around like 500 gallons of water to produce I, every single pound I have pound.
0: heard that uh, that is that's crazy
1: It's and it's because not only does the cow need to be watered but like every bit of grass blade needs water like you need yeah i was gonna say i can't remember
0: i know i've heard this statistic on the amount of grass per pound of beef but that that is crazy on the water
1: yeah it's just a lot and that's a lot and that's not even including like transporting it processing it like it's just a very energy intensive process to to eat meat and the uh-huh. reason why it is so cheap, again, is because of those subsidies, if the true cost of beef was given to us, like no one would buy it, it'd be like 30 bucks a pound. Like that's how expensive it would be. Uh-huh. Uh, so it needs to be subsidized if we're going to consume it. So things like Impossible Meat and Burger, yeah, they're just trying to get rid of that. And why they do that is they're just using pretty much bioreactors to input plant proteins and to output animal protein.
0: Now that's crazy. So they they put it into some kind of like, I, I know from what we've talked about before they just take it and modify it to what they want it to be produced as
1: exactly like so what Mm -hmm. a cow does it takes the protein it gets from grass and it just has internal mechanisms that convert those proteins into beef proteins you know it's animal cells and things like that Uh and so what we're trying to do because we can very easily make protein from plants like you can almost every uh like protein powder protein shake protein bar the the protein they get from is from Vegetables and plants and things like that. Yeah. So that's I was going to say,
0: is it, isn't that what whey is? And yeah, whey, whey protein. is a very, very common protein now.
1: Mm-hmm. But the problem is that it doesn't taste like meat. You know, like yeah. it doesn't, uh, it's meat isn't just protein. Meat is, it's pretty much three things it's protein, it's also a certain amount of fat. And it is textured and structured in a specific way. Like that's why (laughs) when you eat steak, there's a difference between a New York steak and filet mignon and top sirloin is because different parts of the animal, the muscles are worked differently and it gives it a different texture.
0: I honestly think that's why I haven't, gotten into like an impossible burger or tried it because in, in my mind i think the impossible burger it just like melt and be mushy I, I don't know why like i don't think it could replicate a grilled ground beef patty
1: exactly and that's what most vegetarian and, and vegan options are right like like tofu is something that's just like protein goo like it doesn't even yeah, try to be
0: it's nasty it's <laughs> horrible.
1: the The focus of Impossible and Beyond Meat is on the third thing, on the texture and structure. So what they do is that instead of just mass producing protein from these plant materials that we've been able to do for you know decades, they're literally structuring them on a template that makes it feel and cook and taste like beef. Uh-huh. Um, like they like Impossible, or I think Beyond Meat, they make chicken. They make use like, chicken strips, and it peels like chicken. Like there's there's a reason why chicken. Like a chicken that's nugget, crazy. a chicken patty uh-huh. tastes different than like a chicken tender is because like if when you actually open it, there's like, it's just kind of stripy. It just it has those kind of long striations and that's structure. That's not what the protein is doing.
0: Yeah, no, but that that's amazing that that can be replicated.
1: And so that's exactly what they're trying. And so with Beyond Meat, they're actually literally trying to make beef that you have to cook. Like you cannot eat it raw. Like it's literally essentially beef without
0: the cow. That's insane.
1: It, that is just fascinating to me because I really do believe that the future of the meat industry, again, specifically beef, because chicken is a it's more uh, environmentally friendly. Fish is more environmentally friendly. Uh-huh. It's mostly beef. Beef and, and lamb, they're actually.
0: And when you say that, you mean it takes a lot less to produce, right? Is that what you mean by environmentally yeah, like, friendly? for
1: like per pound of chicken, you don't need as much water or feed. And I think just yeah. they're so much okay. smaller and they need less resources.
0: I didn't know if there was like a difference in. The the butchering and packaging process, or something.
1: It, that, that's almost secondary. Like, the reality is, like, you know, shipping a pound of beef. Yeah, it's just, this isn't, this is not much different from shipping a pound of, well, like, sorry, chicken is so much cheaper. Like, if you go to get chicken, it's, it's almost free. Like you can just oh, get yeah. a, ten it's pounds of chicken. Ridiculous. It's almost nothing. So, and it's because mm-hmm. it just takes a lot less. Uh, smaller the animal, the easier it is. In fact, the most efficient way to get protein or you know animal protein is insects. Like that's just the reality oh, of it.
0: Okay, you just ruined it. Now I don't believe <laughs> you for anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's the
1: cheapest, right? Like if you're just like eating crickets and ants, they're so much more. Like per dollar, you get so much more. Meat than if you went to beef or chicken.
0: So yeah, I'll I'll stick with chicken, and
1: and I would too. And I feel like because (laughs) the way we make meat is very unsustainable in the United States. Like if you if everyone in the world ate the amount of meat that the United States ate, like we would literally run out of land mass to house all the animals that we needed. Like it would. I I was going to say,
0: yeah, there's way too much that would be needed.
1: Uh, so it's just it's a it's a matter, and as these a lot of countries develop more they the people want to eat more meat and so i feel like and there's you know the vegetarian movement quote unquote that they're like oh yeah like well the only real way to save everything is not eat meat and again if you're whole plan is just assuming people are going to do the right thing because it's the right thing to do you're going to fail they're not gonna the meat is delicious why wouldn't i eat beef like it's so good <laughs> yeah. like, and so i feel like our only real solution is a insects which are disgusting no one wants to eat those or b you have to just cut out the cow you have to actually just make the meat
0: without the animal mm-hmm. um, so so you viewed that as a preemptive strike obviously on on these two two specific organizations. Are are there a lot of different groups that are trying to do this, or are those just the two major ones?
1: Uh, there are quite a few, but those are the, the major ones. Those are the ones who have actually become commercially viable. Like the Impossible Burger or Burger King, it like sold out within the first week and so like they're actually making money off of it. So
0: So and why do you think the strike came now? Have there been like new developments or new things occurring or it just happened to be when they decided we're going to attack?
1: Uh, I think it's, it has to, there is some delay because in order for them to respond, because it is a government organization, they need to get in the information. They have to probably present to a committee why this expenditure is necessary. And then, you know,
0: expenditure as in the advertisements. Oh, yeah, the advertisement
1: uh-huh. and or even more subsidies to make beef even cheaper. Because as beef gets more expensive, alternatives become – Alternatives
0: are going to be popping up everywhere.
1: Yeah, they're going to be even better. Or, the only reason yeah. – I think the only real reason why – like, because you can buy Beyond Beef at any grocery store pretty much in the United States right now, but it is oh, really? a lot more expensive. Mm-hmm. You can buy it like in a patty form or anything. Uh, but I think the main reason people don't is because it is very expensive. Like it's just uh-huh. like twice or triple the price. Uh, but in the same way that oil is kind of being phased out, because other methods of driving are becoming cheaper, it's just a matter of time before all these meat alternatives become the cheapest, and it just goes away.
0: That's super interesting. So when when did these developments start? Like when did people decide we don't want cow, we want plant meat? Like <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, when, yeah. I think when was it like all kind of started?
1: So from. From what I understand, I was first introduced to the concept of Beyond Meat in like 2015. Uh-huh. Um, that's when they first they like they they started in California, and that's when they I think they had a restaurant like they literally had a burger place, and I think it kind of grew from that to, you know, what it is
0: today. But if you so ask this me, this is the very I, recent then.
1: That is yeah, because up until now, it was very difficult for because like in a in a professional lab setting. We do this all the time. In order to make a vaccine or make any kind of thing that it would help treat humans, you have to mass produce human cells and bacteria cells and viruses. Uh-huh. Uh, one, of, one of the most interesting uh, documentaries I saw about the HIV virus is that for a while, scientists and researchers didn't even know how it was passed on. And how they found out was that they were, the first time they were able to replicate the virus in a the lab, they were instantly able to know how it was affecting people.
0: Interesting. Um,
1: so yeah, that's the first step. So as that technology has become more commercially available to not just laboratories, but just to regular people, these processes can be used for commercial things. So that's that's why I think now we're starting to see more of these startups kind of pop
0: up. So if, if that's all been done in the last five years, essentially, is what it sounds like, Wait, how long do you think it's going to take before it becomes a competitive alternative?
1: <sighs> um, I think within the next decade. It'll become competitive, but Uh I do believe that the response from the beef community would be very strong. I I don't think because of economic reasons. I don't think that Beyond Meat and Beyond Impossible Burgers or anything (laughs) will ever become a legitimate competitor until we stop funding you know or subsidizing yeah. beef in general. I
0: I get I get that you're not trying to say like one is better than the other but I I just got a really clear image in my head <laughs> when you said the beef community or the meat community I was yeah. like, "Oh man, I know these people." <laughs> like, yeah, no, <laughs> I got a clear exactly. image
1: of it. <laughs> exactly, so everyone funny. knows who they are. Like, I'm, and I'm like, I like, I'm not a vegan. I love me. I eat like beef and no, chicken and I, every day. I,
0: I'm not either. I could never comprehend being a vegan or a vegetarian. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I, I could totally see why it would be necessary to move to some of these alternatives, both economically mm-hmm. and because of pure levels of consumption that we have.
1: Exactly. So. Um, Did you ever play the game Dead Rising for 360?
0: I didn't, but I watched the Game Uh Grumps play Dead Rising 3, and it was fantastic. So...
1: Dead Rising was like the first Xbox 360 game. One of the first ones. Um, and it's like you're in a shopping mall full of zombies. And I love it. It's one of the best. Dead Rising 2 is actually my favorite Dead Rising game. Uh, but Dead See, Rising I think
0: so I played good. Dead Rising 2. I, I never played the first one, though.
1: It was funny. So there's two Dead Rising 2s. There's Dead Rising 2. And you is play there? as, yeah, well, you play as, I think his name is Chuck Green. He's like a motocross uh, specialist. Yes.
0: Okay. That's the one that I played. Yeah. I recognized the name Chuck Green and then you said motocross. And I was like, yeah, uh-huh. that's that's it.
1: And then they released uh, Dead Rising 2, I think called Frank's Cut or Director's Cut or something. And it just – it has the protagonist from the first Dead Rising shoved into the second one. And I like that huh. version so much better because in the second – in the Dead Rising 2, in the normal one, you had a daughter that was infected with a zombie virus. But you had to give her a medication every 24 hours. And it was so annoying because you had to run back to the safe house, like, and in the game, twenty four hours is like every like three hours, you know, uh-huh. just to give it to her. And in the Frank West one, the, the altered one, you were the one that had needed the drug every twenty four hours. So when you needed to grab it, you just had to shove a needle into your arm, and you were good to go. You didn't have to oh, go anywhere. That's
0: so convenient.
1: It was so convenient.
0: because um, I I I remember playing that game, and what killed it for me, and I I'm horrible with video games. I'm kind of a completionist. So when there's like timed events, it just oh. drives me insane that I can't do everything. You like can't it, do everything. It, it causes a panic like <laughs> i really i really struggled with that game and i think that's why i never got into the series but but yeah i remember having to go back and give my daughter a medicine and i remember at one point i was like dude screw her i'm not going yeah. back like it made and, me but it's game over agonized my yeah. daughter i know and then i think i remember it's like you failed she died and then it like reverted yeah, a save dies. or something oh my so, gosh w- that's horrible. which is like again
1: I love the gameplay more in the second one because it had really cool things. But in the first one, it was really cool because if you didn't follow the main storyline, you could still complete and quote-unquote win the game. You can still escape even if you didn't follow the story because your helicopter pilot, there's like you have three days because you get dropped off by a helicopter. He's coming back in three days to get you. And if you did nothing, he would come back and get you. And so no matter what you accomplish in those three days, you would survive and finish the game.
0: At that point, Uh, it's just a sandbox. It's...
1: Well, there was – if you completed the story, you got like the true ending, uh, but uh-huh. you can restart it with all your leveling intact and so you can, you know, be a super human person at the beginning of the game again if you continued.
0: Wearing your short shorts and killing people with balloons. Yeah, holding a yeah. Lego, like having a uh, Lego costume. Yeah. <laughs> it was
1: great. It was – it was. I love it. It's so fun. Uh-huh. Um, but in the the first advice the reason why the zombie outbreak comes out happens is because scientists were trying to mess around with like cattle and beef and trying to produce mass produced beef and it, they tried to use a virus to do it and it got out and Turn into a zombie virus. Oh, that's
0: interesting. I was wondering where the connection was going to
1: be made with that. It's but, like um, a very like it's it's mentioned once, but it's stuck in mind. I'm like, oh yeah, and, and uh, like one the head scientist is like, do you know how much beef every American consumes every year? Like that, he's like super upset. And that <laughs> that,
0: that that's funny because um, going off that basis, I'd almost think that the game's kind of like that. That's kind of crazy. Like that could never happen. Like oh, what a dumb concept. But but now now people are like. It is a dumb concept, but yeah, but like it's it's not like completely impossible, but yeah, yeah, yeah. like a whole virus and stuff that could be kind of crazy yeah no it's funny i was wondering where the connection was going to be made because now <laughs> yeah. i because now i'm sitting here thinking oh what great video games have i played recently that i want to talk uh, yeah, about yeah, no. and yeah, I, yeah i wanted no. to
1: very quickly steer us back to the conversation because it was a tangent i knew was branching quickly into other things the only beef
0: related <laughs> question i have is why do brahmin have two heads but that's a question for another time
1: <laughs> oh, that's a great question to have. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like it's just similar thing to like the the beef industry, not giving up. It's, again, it's just like the oil industry. I'm not, a, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I don't really care. But it is a really real thing that oil companies promote the use of oil by partnering with automotive um, manufacturing companies. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the lobbyists go for, yeah, we need cheaper oil, cheaper gas so that people can keep buying gas. Because I remember when gas was like, Four fifty uh, a gallon, I think back in like 2008 and 2007, like back when the worst recession was hitting, there was a huge push to get really economic cars. Like there was just a huge push like, hey, don't get a truck, right? Gas is so expensive. Uh-huh. You need a more smaller one. And then when gas prices came down again, everyone started getting SUVs again. It's
0: like SUV time. Yeah, uh-huh. absolutely. It's a real
1: thing. Introducing
0: we- the new Hummer. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, yeah. Everybody should have one. It is American. Like yeah, I I remember that. It's crazy.
1: So economic demand really does influence those kinds of choices. And so if beef was suddenly more expensive, people would really stop buying it. Like it's a real thing. So uh huh. Yeah, I, they're not going to go about a fight, especially in America. Like come on, there's nothing more American than you know steak and oh yeah, know, absolutely pot roast and and oh, it's but it's delicious. So I, it who is. am I to complain? It's good. Yeah. I won't uh, complain. I first kind of started thinking about this was in like my parents came from a third world country and growing up they never Okay, I shouldn't that's an exaggeration. They rarely had meat. Like once a week like under Sunday dinner they would grab like a pound of beef for the whole family like that and they would make a meal out of it. Uh Uh-huh. So like it's just because it was so expensive. Like it was just so expensive to buy beef and even things like dairy products like milk and things like they almost never had milk Um, because it's just so expensive to maintain cattle that unless you're having someone pay a lot of it for you, it is prohibitively expensive for like Uh a poor family to have. Yeah, like why in the US? I can just, you know, I can work for an hour on a middle wage job and buy like a pound and a half of beef. Like that sounds ridiculous. And it is. It it is like.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it is kind of ridiculous.
1: I I just, I I always think about uh, the money I make based on how much fast food I can get. Like if I work an hour, I can buy like 50 big Macs right or whatever it is like just a ridiculous number of Mcdoubles based okay on this, so that, this that's a wage.
0: comparative thing that's not you actively <laughs> thinking oh if I work an hour today this is how many big Macs I can buy after work right exactly
1: yeah okay I, uh, okay
0: I just wanted to clarify well
1: sometimes when I'm eating lunch I'm like well I'm eating lunch and I spent this amount of money on this meal but it's a net profit because I actually made this amount of money in my job you know so
0: I was gonna say there's so many times I'm I'm thinking about that at work like oh if I go buy this for lunch i'll lose this but then i work for an hour i gain it back but then my paycheck is lower but then uh I, i'm always thinking about that like weighing the cost of food relative to other food and time yeah. and i don't know i find myself doing that way more now um, and that's really smart measuring money as time rather than money like oh i want this thing it cost me two hundred dollars Oh well, that's like six hours of my work. So blah blah blah. Is it worth six hours of my life to pay for? So you know what I mean. Kind of going that. I I I tend to go that route a lot more now. But I like your Big Mac method. I'm gonna start doing (laughs) that.
1: Yeah, and I think that's the the healthiest way to few money is through time. I, I oh, definitely think I thought that's you were gonna do say, Big Macs.
0: <laughs> I thought you were gonna say that's the healthiest way to use Big Macs is to measure how much lunch costs. Which is probably uh, true. No, yeah. Uh. Uh,
1: yeah, no, yeah. It's due time. That's what I do too. I uh, I think I'm not obsessed with productivity. Like I'm not a, a workaholic. I really don't like working. But because I value my time so much, I want to use my time the most efficiently. And so I spend a lot of time actually optimizing what I do at work and, and how much leisure time I have so yeah I think about everything in terms of time so
0: that's funny I try to do that as well and it's funny when I when I first met you you told me or sent me a quote. You sent me a bunch of quotes that were like mind-blowing. But the one that stuck with me the most is time you enjoy wasting is not time wasted. Exactly. And so like I I try to optimize things too. Um that's a very good word. I'm going to steal it and use it. But um it. but no, like um every day I kind of try to plan out what I'm going to do, especially since I'm working essentially two jobs. Um mm-hmm. And then and then we do this, and this is like, you know, a chunk of time every week and, you know, all my different things. I try to plan in like an hour of what I call recovery time every day so that, number yeah. one, I'm not getting burnt out of all the other stuff I'm doing. But number two, I'm, you know, refueling and enjoying some part of the day more than other parts where I dedicate it to Xbox or reading or TV show. And I find it to be way, like, healthy for me whereas other people would call it wasted time.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. And I feel like in, in the United States we have this culture of overproductivity, um like if you're not doing something that's generating income or some sort of benefit that you can see and feel, then it is like, yeah, a waste of time. Then
0: it's just wasted. Yeah. And I I hate and I hate feeling like that cuz I feel like I I'm an too. anxious person and I I can easily like easily get depressed and think like I'm not doing anything like what, what am I doing? Um, mm-hmm. so I, th- I think it's that, that remembering that time you enjoy wasting is not time wasted. It is a very important quote. Now that's not to diminish any priorities that, you know, everybody needs to have, um, yeah, yeah. Like your health, your occupation, your education, your relationships. But it, it's really helped me put into perspective that it, it is okay to waste time, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it's fine. It's like, and it's it's funny because even in that uh, that subset of wasting time, there are more acceptable versions of it. I think for uh, recently, it's gotten a lot better. But video games are seen as like the lowest of the low, you know, or like watching TV. They're like, oh, it's like you're doing nothing. But the people there, if they go bird watching or you know things like that, I'm like, that's <laughs>
0: that's just as much
1: a waste of time. Like, why is that healthier? Right? Like, why is that right. better?
0: I've never realized that. I've, never, like, I've you know, never really thought about things like that. Or they go to yeah.
1: the beach. Like, it, unless they're surfing. I guess
0: you know, there's oh, something to say, like, beach. if they're hiking let's or Let's not surfing, get started on the
1: beach. Let's not get there. started on the beach. It's a waste of time. Yeah. But, like, if, let's say, they go surfing.
0: <laughs> oh, that was a yeah. good one. <clears throat> uh,
1: if, you know, there's some exercise. There is a benefit to hiking, things like that. But, like. It's still the same thing. Like, why is sun? Why is going like sunbathing such a better thing than laying on your bed? Right?
0: Like, I'm sorry. I'm working on my rapid eye movement and eye hand coordination, and that's not acceptable to you. Go look for your sparrows, please. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, yeah. Like, oh, that's a blue chested thrumbird. I'm like, good fucking job. Like, was, who the <laughs> hell cares? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Look, at, You got a gold star. Ooh, <laughs> I'll clap um, for you. Let me clap a little yeah, bit. There you Good go. You job. did it. you found a birdie. You found a birdie. Oh, my gosh. I, I'm i terrible. I'm such a dick. Whenever, whenever people like, I don't know, I'll be in uh, Discord calls with like some of my friends or my brother and we'll be playing zombies or something and he'll be like, ooh, I... I just got a ray gun and I'm just like, congratulations. Nobody gives a fuck. I don't don't say it. I don't say it like that all the time, but like, there's so many instances, especially like when playing video games or you're playing with somebody, like you're not playing the same game, but you're in a party chat or something. Yeah. I mm-hmm. I, I have developed this horrible hobbit. I, hobbit. Oh my gosh.
1: Hobbit. <laughs> hobbit. I
0: can't speak English. Um, I've, developed, I've developed this horrible <laughs> habit. God, that's a tongue twister of just totally being a dick when other people get excited. It's like, congratulations. Like... Do you want a medal? Like,
1: <laughs> you know, I I kind of learned that in New York. I love that mentality. Oh yeah, what? Like, yeah, like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, you're, well, you're on I, the next uh, level, kid. Keep going.
1: Yeah, on online one of uh, I love web comics. I think they're amazing. But there's a, a web artist, or I don't know, it's a website. It's called like Philosophical Comics. It's so it's very interesting because it's actually legitimately huh. entertaining and historically accurate comics, but are also kind of wacky.
0: Uh, and I'll send this
1: one to you, but there's... Uh,
0: God, you send me so many resources in these. <laughs> it's awesome. It's amazing. Uh,
1: it's uh, And it's really cool because in the very bottom of the comic, if you don't understand, which most people won't because it's actually referencing you know philosophical figures or you know distinct philosophies of way of living you know uh-huh. kind of explain like oh the reason why this is funny because like Kant sent this in 1932 in his dissertation blah, blah blah I'm like oh okay I love it so I can learn more about you know philosophy
0: uh-huh and, in a fun way
1: in a fun way yeah uh so it in in the one I was just thinking about is there's this you see this guy and it's uh he's being followed by a ghost and this guy he's like opening his fridge he's like you know grabbing a beer or something and this ghost is like oh like Like, like, don't waste your life like I did. Like, you got to, you know, do things. And he's, like, sitting down on his couch, like, just watching TV. He's like, oh, what are you doing? Like, oh, like, just kind of Uh lamenting this poor man. And at the end, uh, this guy's like, shut up. Like, shut up. Like, I don't want to hear it anymore. He's like, oh, I just don't want you to waste your life like I wasted my life. And he's like, like, all you do is play video games and watch TV and drink beer. And he's like, I'm not wasting my life. Like, I'm living my life. Like, I enjoy drinking beer. I enjoy playing video games and Uh watching TV. Like, I'm – and the guy's like, oh, Okay. And just like leaves them alone. And so it's just, it's this perfect mentality of like, yeah, like if you like doing that, like then do it. Like don't let other people, you know, of course there are unhealthy behaviors, but if you want to go, I get, I'm not just, I get bird watching. I'm not, whatever. You like bird watching? Go bird watching. That's great. Don't do I'm not it. Gonna, I'm, I don't, I'm, I'm sorry for making fun of you.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Like it's just whatever, but it's just, yeah. It's, and I think that's a, that's a healthier mentality to have. And it's not a global one because I, I think we mentioned this before, like in other countries, they have a literal hour to take a nap. They have like, oh, we only work four hours a day because why do you want to work so much? Like, oh, like relax.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And that's definitely not the culture we have you know, here. And it, I think it causes a lot of problems. There's a lot of reason why people have, anxiety and depression sometimes is because they're trying to fit this mold of productivity that doesn't necessarily get, make you happy. Uh, it makes some people happy. Like I like being productive, but it's not my life. And so I like being what?
0: productive too, but the problem is when I don't want to be productive, that's when like the anxiety and like I don't I don't think I suffer any like sort of like oh, I'm not being or I can't achieve productivity. It's when I'm not being productive that I'm like, oh, this I I'm miserable. Like <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I don't know. It's kind of that perspective for me. Okay, I've got something kind of off-topic that I I guess goes along the lines of depression and stuff. But um, I'm I'm big into animated shows. Like um, it all started with like The Simpsons, a classic. And um, I've gotten into stuff on Netflix, like F is for Family, and um, I'm, I'm trying to think of other ones. But the one I'm watching now is just so detrimentally depressing and like reflective of real life that I think I have to stop because of how miserable it's making me. But it is so good and so intelligent that I cannot stop. And I'm sure you already know what I'm talking about. Ha- have you ever seen BoJack Horseman?
1: Oh, I love BoJack Horseman. I, I think I, BoJack Horseman is the greatest TV show of all time.
0: Okay, I believe that Hands too, down. but in, in a certain way, it is the greatest and the worst. It is. I, I yes. think that it perfectly just it is too demonstrates. Accurate. Yes, it is too accurate. It exactly, is too it is too relatable in a mm-hmm. negative way, and it, it is so well written. And every single character, there, there's never a happy ending, and when there is, it's just kicked in the nuts, and then there's yep. worse stuff. And so, as I've been watching this, I think it's made me, like, depressed. Like, I, I've... Oh, like, no. It's made me... <laughs> I know. It's been horrible. It's That's made me, good. like, think about my life, think about choices, think about direction, think about all these different things. And then it's made me think, like, we're... A lot of us are like that. It's not just famous people that were in a show in the 90s, like, is portrayed by BoJack. But it, it it's like all of us have this this, um, th- this weird sensation of it's, it's never enough or we're not going to make it. I don't know. So I, I've had this really interesting thing going on as I've been watching it where I have to watch it because I have to see what happens because I keep thinking that something good is going to come of it, but nothing good ever comes of it. Every season finale, I'm like, okay, this is where it all resolves. This is where it all comes true. Oh, uh-huh. And then it never does. So you haven't and finished the show? And it never does. So I, I'm in the middle of like season five. I started it like a few weeks ago. I cannot oh, yeah. stop. It's been it's been it's my amazing. pure recovery time has been BoJack. All I've been doing is watching BoJack. But at the same time, it's making me so miserable. Like I, I love it and hate it. But what I wanted to say is you don't get that. Portrayed in media and especially like my wife loves the dumb Hallmark movies and, and she <laughs> she calls them dumb Hallmark movies too but oh, the romantic so ones where everything works out and two incompatible people meet and they hate each other and then they fall in love like I just wrote every Hallmark movie ever. But you don't see these things where, at least I don't, in, in mainstream movies and TV where deep dark depression is portrayed um the the only other thing that i can think of that made me really think about that was um of mice and men when i read of mice and men i was like this cannot be the ending of the book i I don't know if you've read of mice and men
1: i have not no
0: oh holy crap okay i can't say anything (laughs) i'm telling you man we got to start like some sort of book club on this thing okay of Mice and Men, that's going to be book number one. Super short men. book. You you could barely oh, call I it a it was novella. Like, I
1: thought it was really long. I thought it was going to be like a thick, i always assume no, it was like 800 pages. No, no the oh, audio okay. book
0: is like three and a half hours, and I think it's on oh, YouTube, so you can easy, even do it for free. But at the end of Of Mice and Men, I was like, I've never experienced something like this out of a form of entertainment, and it's the greatest and worst thing, sorry, my phone's ringing, shut the hell up. Okay, <laughs> had to turn that off. At, at the end of Of Mice and Men, it was the greatest and the worst thing I had ever read. And I, I couldn't believe it. And I, I think that I loved the emotion that it brought out in me that I guess I never realized was there. And I think I'm having a similar mm-hmm. experience with BoJack, and that's why I love it so much. That's why it's become something that's incredible. It's not just a tragedy, it's like a self-reflection, like I—I I don't know, I don't know. So I—I I vaguely remember you mentioning that you love BoJack, but yeah, I—I I don't know. It's—it's it's been really, really. I'm at a loss of words at how rough a ride it's been for yeah, me no, watching sure. BoJack.
1: I when I started I started watching BoJack like the end of summer last year and it was in a time of my life when I was having a hard time like I had like lost my job and and so I was literally living each day as if it was Groundhog Day I'll just be staying in all day and watching Netflix and applying for jobs and not uh-huh. hearing back for several weeks, and so like the intro to Bojack Horseman was like my life. I would wake up, just like meander through my day, do whatever, and then like I guess it's time to go to bed and do it again tomorrow. So like it hit me really hard when I started watching that show. Also, a friend of mine who has like very severe depression, uh, they started watching it and they couldn't finish it. They said like it's it's bringing out my depression, like it's really bad. Oh my gosh, and, I can't
0: imagine being clinically depressed and trying to watch that show.
1: Yeah, and I think that it is a very healthy thing to experience strong negative emotion for a prolonged period of time in media uh, because you can watch a sad movie, you know, and sad movies are usually really good ones. Some of the best movies are really sad and that's like an hour, hour and a half, maybe two or three hours, and but then it's kind of over. But I feel like in a long format like a TV show or, or even a book, it's not something that we're used to. But I do think it's it's very healthy, uh, mentally and emotionally, to expose yourself. Because
0: you're talking about a two-hour movie versus a six-hour series that has six seasons. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly different.
1: Yeah, it's just, and I feel like that's the reason why movies are kind of like I still I love movies. They're great, but I feel like. The format of a of a series is overtaking the spot that movies once had.
0: Absolutely,
1: I'm way more excited about a good show than I am even about a good trilogy. Like, there's just something about it that you can have more story in there, you can have more depth in there,
0: you can create the world, the characters way way better. Yeah, and
1: like what BoJack Horseman does, it is because it is twofold it is the incredible re- like reality of what it is like the emotional aspect of it is feels so real it feels real in a way that i i didn't experience except maybe like i remember watching rick and morty and uh-huh. feeling a little bit of that like oh like nihilism existentialism nothing really matters but since rick and morty was so kind of like wild and crazy and sci-fi it just it really took that away pretty quick like i, I was laughing really quickly yeah. And, and BoJack Horseman, it also it has that side too. It has like the wacky zany side, right? Like it's in a world that is kind of funny and impossible and there's animals that talk and there's sometimes really the, – the, the humor is incredible. I, I haven't laughed as hard as I have at some of BoJack Horseman episodes. And I think it's it's this kind of mixture of both how in our real lives, real life is – it's some, it's not horribly depressing. I wouldn't say that my life is horribly depressing, but it's it's mundane. Like it's just – I'm just so used to my life. It's fine. But the entertainment I consume so often is fantastical. Like it's like action movies and dramas and, you know, Star Wars and Marvel. And it's just incredible juxtaposition of my mundane life versus my entertainment. Uh-huh. And I feel like if you do that too much, it could be detrimental to your health. Because if all you see are happy faces smiling at you when you're not watching those happy faces, you're like, then what's wrong with me? I'm not you know that's not my life
0: absolutely i've i've felt that i know exactly what you're talking about that that was basically high school for me i mean when when i was going to high school what were the what were the shows i I watched malcolm in the middle you know just mm-hmm. teens that were happy all the people around me seem happy and i i was the loner i was kind of the lone wolf kind of dude um but no, I know exactly what you mean.
1: Yeah, and it comes to like social media too. Like Instagram's a big one. I don't even really use Instagram, but I know that's been kind of the thing and Facebook and Twitter where you see the best aspects of other people's lives and it can kind of make you... It's addictive because by experiencing something, you internalize it in some way. Uh-huh. Uh, meaning that like your brain doesn't really understand the difference between what your media you're consuming... And reality sometimes. Uh, Because if you are like a scary movie, when you watch a scary movie, you know it's not real. Uh You're sitting in a movie theater, whatever, but your brain doesn't quite get it sometimes like you can have a legitimate fear response like your adrenaline kicks in your heart rate picks up if you're a small child you'll have nightmares right like your brain like simulations or are if more you're than you think
0: an adult you still have nightmares watching horror movies <laughs> you're more yeah there's
1: nothing wrong with that yeah nightmares in uh, adult um and what kind of brought this out is like experiencing vr uh i've like I've used VR a few times oh in my, my life gosh. and I've yeah. talked to people who use VR. And I remember playing VR games. It is different than using a controller because when you can see the response your muscle makes, your brain makes the connection really fast. Like, oh, if I do this, this is me, right? Like, oh, this that's is something super interesting. Like, if you've seen people play VR horror games, it is, like, a degree of horror that is beyond any movie. It is beyond anything because the, your brain essentially lives in a simulation.
0: It is the worst thing I have ever experienced. <laughs> is a VR uh, horror game? No. Like, a, a friend of mine has a VR set, and I, I I, was looking into getting one. And, you know, there's some great games out there. Like, I've always wanted to play... Uh, is it Beat Saber or Saber yeah, Beat? Yeah,
1: Beat Saber. Beat Saber. Yeah,
0: I've one. always wanted to play that. I, I was like, this could be a freaking workout, and I would never get sick of it. But um, I played Resident Evil 7 in VR. Oh, and no. I played the scene from the beginning of the game up until well, when, I, and now I'm forgetting names, but Mia comes at you with the chainsaw. And she cuts Mm. your hand off and then you kill her and you get knocked out by the father. Yeah. And I, I had to quit and I was messed up for like a week. I was skittish. I was jumpy. I felt like it had happened to me. Like it it was so real. And I I think that that's what's so amazing about it is it's literal virtual reality. I think that the
1: thing, the link is that your brain is like your brain does this every day. So what your brain is, your brain is sitting and like floating on a little vat in your head. And the stimulus it's getting is from your senses, your nerves, everything, like even like your vision, your hearing. So it's basically living a simulation of reality already, like, and so your brain is designed to take in input, internalize it as reality. Uh huh. And so when you do that with movies and TV shows, like it's it's not quite there, like you know, it, there's a screen, like yeah, you can still have a physical response and still be messed up by it. But in VR, uh, when you look at your virtual hand and when you move your hand, your nerve is telling you you're moving your hand, and then when your your brain sees it, it's like this is your hand now. Right, like this is the thing that you need to protect, and you can't. You can use it to throw things. If you get hurt, it'll. You know, you want to protect yourself, and so it builds these connections that video games have never been able to do before. It reminds me of like that little trick when someone, I forget. Like you have a mirror and you put on a table, and you you put someone's hand down, and you you pretend to hit their hand, the mirrored hand, with a hammer. I don't know if you have ever seen that.
0: I haven't seen that. Like I'm, I'm trying to picture it in my head.
1: So it's like as if you have like you put, let's say you put your hand down on the table and then you uh-huh. put a mirror next to it. So it, you know. It oh, so you don't put your, your hand, hand on a
0: mirror. Yeah. Okay. Now no, I yeah. understand.
1: And then like farther back from your hand, like someone with a hammer or like a, a sharp stick or something, they like pretend to like hit your reflected hand with the hammer. And almost everyone reflexively like moves their hand away, even though they can see that it's nowhere near their hand. Right. It's just but in insane. the reflection. Oh, another one is like they'll, They'll give you like a fake hand and they'll put it on your arm. And but the, what the thing they'll do is like when they poke the, your real hand, they'll also poke the fake hand. And so your brain's like, This is my hand because I'm feeling you touch it, even though I'm really tricking it. And so huh. when they like smash that fake hand with a hammer, you're like, Oh, you're the people freak. I'll show you again. Oh my I'm sending gosh. a video of
0: yeah, it. Yeah, do it. It's because your
1: brain makes these connections, your brain has to connect the thing it's seeing to you in some way. So
0: let's see. It's amazing what video games are developing into. And, you know, I know that wasn't video game specific, but the ability to put you in a literal virtual reality. I mean, I I think we've talked about this before, maybe not on the show, but like the difference between a scary movie and a scary game, I almost think movies are worse because you have no control. I mean, the, the most you could do is turn off the movie. But like in a video game, once you get to a section, you beat the section. You can take a breather before you go through the next door. But now with virtual reality, it's, oh my gosh, it's a whole nother level. Um,
1: Yeah, it's like this whole, like with virtual reality, I think it's because like it simulates your senses so well. Like when you look around, if you look around on your TV screen, you can see your room, you know, but if you look around the VR headset, you you can't get away. Like you are literally experiencing something in a way that isn't, that is more close I get to reality.
0: Did you ever play with the Xbox 360 Kinect?
1: I did a little bit, yeah.
0: I always thought it was a cool concept, but not very well executed. But the most interesting thing I think that was ever done with the Kinect was, did you ever play the game Alien Isolation?
1: I have, but not on the Connect. I played it okay. with the controller.
0: So, yeah, well, you you still play it with a controller, but it. I don't think it tells you. If you play it with the Kinect... Attached to it, it listens to you. Oh yeah, yeah. It, oh, that's true. It, it is literally,
1: insane. If you so like, scream or something, it'll yes, find you. and then the
0: aliens know right where you are. It, uh, oh my gosh! See stuff like that. I'm excited for more of that to get incorporated in video games. V- VR, I think, is going to be a really interesting thing. My only problem, I get severe motion sickness with VR stuff. But yeah, it's um, because
1: like it's really hard to map out like a room and movement based on a variable camera, which is your, your head, your eyes.
0: Yeah. I was going to say that's an, another, it's probably another issue that your brain has with receiving this info is reality and it not being correct or what it's used to. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, I thought that that implementation of the connect into a horror game that listens to you I think we need more stuff like that to <laughs> revolutionize video games. And what's crazy is I've I haven't heard of anything that did something similar. And I get that there really hasn't been anything like the Xbox 360 Connect, but. Um, I it wouldn't surprise me if more stuff like that gets developed into games.
1: And I mean, I feel like that's a good thing. Like, I feel like the like entertainment it should move towards reality. Uh, but at the same time, I think we need to be very aware of how much that, that actually changes how it goes. You know, I think that we a VR game cannot be built exactly like a normal one, or your average just analog controller one, because of those things. Uh, I feel like if you're not careful you could accidentally start building connections between uh, fear and like develop actual PTSD from experiences you had in a, in a virtual game. And I'm not even joking. Like it's no, legitimate. No, you know? <laughs> well,
0: God, I feel like I temporarily experienced that when I did resident evil seven, I think resident evil seven the only game where I've ever seen. I believe maybe it was just the VR version that gives a warning. It's like, this game is terrifying. Please take a break if you need to. I can't remember if it was the the regular or just the VR one, but I I had never seen a game that gave a warning like that. Like this will induce stress and anxiety, uh-huh. and it is too scary. Like,
1: <laughs> and I agree. I would agree with that. What uh, was well, I was going to say. Oh shoot! Dang it! I. Forgot. <laughs> oh yeah. So it, you the opposite is true too. Um. Uh. There were psychologists who were developing a VR game for counseling, and. Really, one of the, one of the most effective tools was they would you know give you an Oculus Rift or whatever it was and sit you down on a couch and you would see this you know, virtual therapist and he looked like kind of cartoony like it wasn't super realistic but it, you know you can tell he was like Sigmund Freud right he was obviously a, a therapist uh
0: huh an iconic figure like that yeah
1: An iconic figure
0: uh-huh. and
1: the person who was you know in charge of it he'd be like tell the therapist your problem and the person would say like well let's for example I don't know remember exactly what it was but. Uh, the person who was i think the person in was an investigative journalist who was you know investigating this thing he was like well i've had this issue with like i said like my parents like i don't know how to communicate with them this and this and that and then what the game did is when you were done talking it would like go blank for a little bit and then your vision would come back or the screen would come back on through the, the vr headset you would be in the position of the therapist and you'd see a virtual representation of yourself saying what you just said and then the person who was in charge of it said, now, as the therapist, tell this person what you think would help them. And so this person would then have to tell basically themselves what, what they thought. would. And this session would continue over and over again, you know, like this conversation with themselves. And this person said, like, it legitimately helped me figure out something that I wouldn't have been able to do on my own.
0: That's incredibly interesting because it, it, it almost sounded like a recipe for disaster. I thought you were going to say yeah. it was taking in all the info and then oh, getting no. re- ready to spit out one of its 1,000 pre recorded messages. But no, no that's, no, no. that's uh, a super interesting take.
1: It was. And I feel like, again, it's because I, I didn't even mean to do this, but it ties back to the very first thing, one of the first things you said that how environment affects your mentality. Uh Is that by being in the position of going to therapy and also being in the position of being a therapist, even just being told you are a therapist situation, go into simulation, go and do it. It literally changes how you think. And therefore, you can find solutions and find resolutions that you would never have thought of if you were just sitting down thinking about it in your head. Like you physically had to change position, even in a virtual space, to get to the solution you got to.
0: That's incredible. I can't believe that it, it it's amazing what these things are developing into
1: I'm excited like I'm, I'm a very I'm a very realistic person but I'm an I'm an optimist when it comes to technology in the future uh, even oh considering like the means that it'll be used to generate profit and the exploitation of people like that's just gonna happen it's always been happening but I've mm-hmm. been legitimately like well I think life will get better regardless of all that like it's just gonna keep getting more effective and more entertaining and just overall better, a better experience. Like, I think you can legitimately program people to be kinder and better through video game interactions in a VR setting. Like, I think that's something we can legitimately do.
0: I'd I i I'd be very interested to see what, I don't know, I, I wish I could jump 10 years in time and see what we develop. And, you know, I I don't know, going, going back, you mentioned social media earlier and how we kind of use that to, I don't know, measure ourselves against others and productivity and um, all that. You know, one of the best things I did was getting rid of social media. I, I, I'm i not on any of it. The only thing I get on is YouTube for entertainment. Um, but like 10 years from now, thinking about what it could develop into, I think of all these good things that could happen, and then I think of all these awful like just time wasting nonsensical things and i know that's really hypocritical because we've been talking about time wasting in video games and how we don't view it as time wasting but i i legitimately think that social media is just an awful place to be it'll just it'll be interesting to see what happens i'm i'm eager to see the future
1: oh yeah i i'm i'm excited for things it'll be good so
0: (laughs) I'm about out of time, so... Yeah,
1: just look at the clock. You're, yeah. you're about to skedaddle out of here.
0: Yeah, that was a good little wrap-up ending there. Um, so, yeah, dude, I'm I'm serious. I would freaking love to read and discuss Of Mice and Men, even if it's like a little tiny 15-minute segment or something. And Yeah,
1: for sure. I'd be willing to do it. I don't know.
0: I've always wanted to do a book club, and I've done some with some people. I even did one chasing a woman. Didn't work out. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, I think book clubs um, are the way to seduce anyone. Really, <laughs> <laughs> now, have you read um, Mice and Men? Let's do it together. No, I, <laughs> no, that's
0: that's not what I mean. She invited me to one, and I was like, oh, "That's so dumb." And then I actually did it. And really enjoyed
1: it just to get on her good side oh oh yeah but then you actually but, ended up but then the i out. actually
0: really enjoyed it and then she turned out to not work out so you know that does
1: sound like a hallmark movie like oh i don't want to do that i'm too much of a man to go to a book club like i actually enjoyed this experience like
0: <laughs> that's hilarious we've written a you. couple hallmark <laughs> movies um but no i'd be i'd be down to do that once in a while i i actually have been wanting to read of mice and men because there's a scene of in my Mi- of mice and men a, a dialogue that occurs that we kind of want to, I don't know if you'd say pay homage to, and I don't want to say plagiarize, but we kind of want to <laughs> replicate it You our be, game. Be inspired
1: by. Yeah. Be
0: inspired by it because there's a certain scene that's going to occur in the main story of our game that really just needs to be well written and cinematically produced and just have the right tone and feel. And I, I don't think there's any better example of it than what Of Mice and Men does. So,
1: yeah, we should do it. I'd, I'd be willing to read it.
0: Yeah, it, it it's seriously like a little novella. I don't know how many pages it is. I, I did it on YouTube. There's a free audiobook on YouTube. Um, a lot of the classics have been uploaded to like um, LibriVox libraries, like public yeah, domain they're like stuff. Yeah, like free, public domain. Um, and the, the narrator, I remember the narrator being pretty good. And it's only like three and a half hours. And if you up the speed to like 1.5 times, which for me feels more natural because it's more like typical discussion speed rather than somebody enunciating every <laughs> word of a book. I don't know. Sometimes I get a little bothered by book narrations. I really have to up the speed. Uh, y- you could finish it in two hours. It's really good. So... That's a couple days worth of driving, so. Yeah, for sure. It'll be my one-hit wonder.
1: (laughs) Your your magnum opus. Yeah, (laughs) my
0: magnum opus, exactly.